How are we doing? I'm David. I'm Phil. And I'm Andy. And this is Talking Cod. Three northern blokes talking about middle life and growing old disgracefully. Frank, fearless, funny. In other words, Talking Cod. Right then, Codmasters, Phil and Tapper, how are you doing? <laughs> Very good. Oh, it's so good to see you. Really yeah, once once you. a tapper, always a tapper. Do do I need to apologise for the last episode where several people identified that I was tapping away on the desk? Hence the name Tapper for no other reason other than that. <laughs> look, can we just can we just say that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yes, look. This time I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit like this. I'm gonna sit my hands off all my arms so that no tapping will occur. Very okay. good. We had complaints, David. Complaints. <laughs> I, know. I know. Two episodes can, in. Can you tell David to stop tapping? Please tell <laughs> David to stop tapping. You know it's quite strange. Other than my mother, you two guys, and other people that have sort of like fed in on bits and pieces, are the only people that call me David. Everybody else, it's Dave and other names to that effect. Really. I mm. thought it was David. I've, I've only known you 20 years. I would never think of calling you Dave. Yeah. Everybody else calls me Dave or mm. other things. Actually, the only other person, the only person that calls me Philip is my daughter. And that's become a very annoying habit yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> she <Hello>. knows. <laughs> my boys do that sometimes. I think it's just sometimes just to get my attention. They'll go, David. And I'm like, it's dad, please. I'm dad, not David. So we're calling you, we're calling you dad from now on then, yeah? Right. Well, no, I think, no, you can't because the only reference to dad nowadays is your dad. That's true. Remember? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might, might be listening. Yeah. You might have turned off by now. Yeah. War and peace. <laughs> War and peace. Okay then, Dave. Um, <laughs> what's your, what? What is your favourite nickname you've had? Me. Yeah, the, you know Did one. You... I, I wanted that one to stick. <laughs> the one that stuck was uh, Big Ed. <laughs> Big, Why? Big Ed. Big Ed. Uh, because I've got a big head, apparently. Not from a. Not from a. Not as in literally big head as in being big headed as in people thought I had a big head but I, I don't think I've got a big head I think it's quite proportional to the rest of my body so what, do, you, they, what do they know when you lean forward it looks quite big but there you well, go. It, well it will do yeah yeah but, so big head big yeah. head was probably the one that that, that stuck over the yeah. years so for, for completely unrelated mine was birchy balls birchy so balls go, go figure I'm not going to ask. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> I've no idea why Balls was appended to the end of my name. Oh, I get it, get it, because that's your surname. Birch and all, Birchy ah, Balls. I get it. Did I you suppose. like that? Was that no. the nickname you wanted? Well, it's better no. than called Philip. But that's your name. So we've got we've got Big Ed Birchy Balls, and then what 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 about yourself, Hand? I've I've had all sorts, but I told I told my daughter yesterday I picked her up from getting a COVID test because she's back in college today. Probably more detail than you needed there, but we're um, on the radio on the way back. You'll love this one, Phil. Teenage Kicks was on. Oh, brilliant. Right. And I was, I was telling a story about how John Peel like, burst into tears on the radio saying, you know, it's, it's the best thing he's ever heard in his life and played it repeatedly. Um, so he goes, she says, Dad, why are you telling me this? Because my nickname at school was Fergal. 
As in Sharky? As in Fergal Sharky. Because Why? Why? Well, you will not believe this. Remember Fergal <laughs> Sharky's hair in the 80s? No, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm bold by choice. Hair was literally, it was one of those one-eye things, you know, the soft cell kind of look. Yeah. A Fergal, even longer. Yeah. I, I, was, yeah. I was the Gabrielle of fit and health. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I only looked at one-eye for about six years. I was like... <laughs> I was literally practically blind in my right eye because my, my, my centre parting or side parting, I think, just went over one eye. So Fergal, it's not, it's not a favourite nickname, I'll be honest with you. I wanted to be, I wanted to be Andreas Mentorus, but um, nobody what? will call it me. After some sort of Greek god. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've hit the nail on the head there, yeah. Yeah, so we've so, got so big Ed Birchibalds and Fergal. No, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fergal. So... Gentlemen, how has your weekend been? Yeah, decent, decent. Got up on the hills, on the trails, which was good. Uh, normally get out on my bike on a weekend, but I, I ran this weekend. Uh, All right. Which was which was pretty cool. Uh, we wanted the boy. Max came out with me. He wanted to go on his bike, so I thought, you know what, we'll we'll go over the hills for a few hours. Uh, weather was great. Mm. So mm. yeah, awesome to be honest ain't, with you. Yeah. But ain't it good though? Because like for the first. Certainly, the first half of my life, I didn't even want to be outside. No, you know, just literally wanted to stay inside because it's warm and you don't get wet. Well, yeah. when I said the first half, I think that probably the middle half of my life as a kid, you just don't want to be at home, do you? you just want no. to play out, do random stuff. Um, and then, you know, Sinclair invented the ZX Spectrum on BBC, the Electron, and Commodore did the Vic 20. And then that's it, you don't want to leave the yeah. house anymore, do you? Yeah, that's it. And now here we are. Wanting to get outside. What about yourself, Phil? Yeah, did a bit the same. Birch balls to you, <laughs> not Philip. Um, bit the same, really. I, I, you know, I, I got out both days. I did a bit of a run down the side of the River Mersey near me um, on Saturday, which was good. And then the next day, struggled a bit. Still got out, but struggled a bit. But I, I like it. It's just nice having time and just getting time where you just away with yourself and you just there's, there's only you to answer to you know mm. just it's a nice yes. feeling and just drowning in the uh, not in the mersey drowning in the kind of <laughs> <laughs> you know in the in the in the in the kind of the greenery in and in, in nature although it runs right past the m60 but uh, near me but no it's, it's good i've always found it pretty therapeutic to be out and about so for me, it's, 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 yeah, important. But I'm the same. Yeah, I had that spectrum and that was me as a kid. And then I think when I got into music as a teenager, you know, then stayed in programming music on my computer. Mm -hmm. So that was about 15 years. Well, you know, and you get into, you go out, you're kind of doing stuff, you're partying, you, all of that kind of thing. And then I think I got to about 30 and then it's a bit of a cliche, but you do just, you do settle down, don't you? You know, and I, I, you know, I went from being pretty, I wouldn't say healthy, but pretty thin in my twenties mm. to going through my thirties and just really sort of year by year getting less and less in shape. And, you know, Are you going to say fatter? Fatter, yeah. Can we say that? Is, can, it, yeah. is it? Is it? It's not. It's not upsetting anyone, is it? Because no, I don't. No, you're, I don't talk, you're not talking about anybody else. You're talking about yourself. So, talking yeah, about Phil here. <laughs> talking about, <laughs> about, <laughs> about, <laughs> about Birchy balls. You know, fat Birchy balls. 
I had to stay in because I just fear of people calling me birchy balls. Might happen again. So is that why you got fat? What, the fear of being called? But no, just just that, that cliche of just being, you know, settling down, you have kids. I, I think in my 30s, I sort of got midway through and I thought, oh, so I'm really going to get out, get go and join a gym. Because um, my wife runs and she's like, she'll do six or seven K every day without fail. Really? First thing in the morning, daft o'clock. Wow. And, you know... And it shows sometimes I lose her behind lampposts. Um, but you know, and, and it and it shamed me, I think. And, and I joined the gym and I just became that that person the gym brand, brands really love because mm. I signed up, went for about six weeks, and then sacked it off. And you know, just ended up paying a subscription for the, the rest of the year. Mm. So, yeah, I've always found it hard, I've always found motivating myself to exercise hard yeah until it got really fat (laughs) (laughs) sorry for calling you fat i wasn't calling you fat birchie balls um (laughs) but it's it's one of those things which i reckon there's an age when you go it's actually cool again to exercise because Mm. there's there's a as you, you know you touched on it you know partying and doing things which are more fun than exercising it's just not cool, is it? It's no. really uncool to see middle-aged people exercising when you're young. It's like it's it's mm. it's disgusting, isn't it? You just you don't want to see it. Um, <laughs> it's like you're a peddler, aren't you, Dave? Yeah, a primary. If I if I had a choice to do something, I'd be mountain biking every day of the week. But so, I do so, other stuff as well. So where I'm going with this is like there's a bit of a theme that I tend to upset certain people. On, on each and each one. I'm, I'm going to go straight in with a lot of my friends now. So I'm going to get rid of a lot of friends. Mammals. Are you with me? Oh, men in Lycra. Middle-aged uh, men in Lycra. Yeah. Honestly, nobody needs to see that. No. Listen, I don't wear Lycra. Cause I, however, if you've got it, boys, why not? Well, virtue balls, innit? You should see you me know, in yeah. Lycra. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily, I, I get what you're saying with, from a cool perspective. I think sometimes, though, it's maybe you get, it's like a cycle, isn't it? Like the way Phil's just described yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I think when you're younger, you're quite invincible. You can just yeah. do whatever. You can you can work 24 hours a day if you want. You can train, mm. you can train, you can go out. Everything's possible because your head can cope with it and your body can yeah. cope with it. But as you go into your 30s, things do start to slow down and something's got to give. You've, I think you've got to decide what you want or what you want to do. And I don't know, from my, I guess when I went into my 30s, it, it catches up to you and then you go, okay, what changes yeah. do you want to make and why do you want to make them? I think that's the mm, key yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, that we can all relate to that, can't we? Yeah. Well, it's a trigger, isn't it? It's like anything. You need the trick. It's, it's a trigger or trigger. Something triggers something that you go, okay, I'm going to make that change. And it's like, okay, why do you want to do it? What do you want to achieve from it? What about you, Andy? What, what are you asking me there, Phil? Well, you're, you're, you're an ultra, ultra person, aren't you? Stop it. Don't give me your labels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I did, I did, a, I did an ultra um, last year. He says, as if it's nothing. Well, it's it's not it, ultra runners will probably call this not even a proper ultra. It was fifty k, 
So, right. you know, it's not even a proper ultra that, you know. <laughs> and so you've done 50 miles or 100 miles. You're not really an ultra runner, but yeah, that was the plan. And that was, you know, that was that was a that was a tricky one, I must admit. Not so much the distance or the training. It was the, we've had a year of lockdown. Mm. Really difficult to, yeah. you know, you said more, be motivated. Mm. So hard to be motivated. But what was the trigger? So, yeah, so what made you, so how old are you now, Andy? You, you're similar to me. 50 years old right so you're 50 so you're 50 and getting back into training for me I mean yeah I was probably a couple of stone overweight and I used to be fit as a fiddle mm. and I, yeah I might have wanted to get that feeling back but getting back into training for me was just out sort my head out mm. I thought do you know what yeah. I really got to get me get my shit together here yeah. and that's what the trigger was for me to get yeah. back into training but I remember sitting down with you having a, having a brew with you and, and, and we were chatting in general and you said I've decided I want to do this and this and one of them you said was I want to be an athlete and I, I remember sitting there going wow 50 seriously because mm. I'm thinking Jesus Christ that's a proper man on the moon moment and then I remember thinking you know what why not what's stopping you mm. and to be fair to you you're doing it you know you've made you've gone i'm gonna do it and you're doing it what made you want to do that so from i'm going i i decided i got you know i'm 45 well i was 43 at the time i want to be the fittest i can be by the time mm. i'm 50 and i'm probably done that now where i'm where i'm at where i start mm. to plateau and decide what's next but yeah. what made you go all right i'm going to become an athlete because that, I didn't look at that because I'd be thinking that's never going to happen. Yeah, I, I think I've said this before about labels. I'm not keen on labels, you know, and really careful about how you label yourself. And, that, and being an athlete was something which I thought, can I can I can I own that label? Because it, it is about when you know it's that it's that lifestyle thing. It's like you wake up in the morning and you're like, what's life all about? You know, and I love the lifestyle of an athlete. They're so disciplined, you know, they look out. It's it's meant it's not mental health, it's mental fitness. You know, this is this mm. is where, yeah. you know, mental health and fitness cross each other. So, you know, there, there, there are there are four pillars of mental fitness, which are emotional, social, financial, and physical. And I think I've sorted the emotional, social, and financial out now, but I hadn't sorted the physical out. So what what where it started was a kind of by accident did a bit of public speaking at a men's mental health event. It was a suicide prevention night because I was going through a really difficult time. And, you know, I've spoke about this openly before. Um, and one of the guys, the founder, Lou Campbell, who was a brilliant guy, a great speaker, you know, he's, you know, so much to be said about him, ex-international rugby player, lost his brother-in-law to suicide, set up this group called Andy's Man Club. Um, and when I was one of my lowest points, I went to Andy's Man Club just to see what it was all about um, and just fell in love with it. You know, we were just a bunch of guys talking about stuff, you know, getting stuff out of their head and actually realising that, you know, you're not alone to, to feel like this. So um, we went to the share Halifax and uh, as I walked in, Luke went, you'll talk, won't you, Andy? And if you see Luke, his photograph I'll show you sometime. He is probably four times my mass. He is enormous. So somebody like that puts his arms on your shoulder and goes, you'll talk, won't you, Mandy? You kind of, you're going to do it. And I kind of always wanted to be a public speaker. I wanted to do public speaking. And I'd, you know, 
when forced into it, I'll do it. And that was an opportunity to be forced into it. So I'm getting to the point now, Dave. Good question. Um, so bit of Dutch courage, couple of couple of pints of Stella as you do, right? And then goes on the stage with a few other guys. It wasn't just me doing public speaking. It was a few of us. It was it, the question was, why did you go to Andy's Man Club? And you, and there were there were you know there's a room full of guys who were a lot of them were rugby players. There were families there who've lost people to suicide. Um, and there was my wife and daughter as well, and a few of my friends there, and I'd not spoken publicly about it at all. So um, microphone came to me, no preparation, and I just it all came out. Told him about the fact that I wanted to end my life once because you know I'm completely out of control and was so upset. So um, loads of people started crying, including myself with the microphones. It was a proper poignant moment. So this was a proper trigger moment. A round of applause, you know, people hugging you and stuff like that. And I thought, well, there you go. I've actually made rugby players cry rather than the other way around because they used to make me cry at school because he used yeah. to beat me up. Um, so um, feeling really proud of myself, a friend of mine, Kelly, said, would you, um, would you like to do some charity work for Andy's Man Club, i.e. run the Milltown Half Marathon? So I, I've had a few bottles of Stella by now and I'm, yeah, I'll do anything for you guys. Literally do anything for you. So the, the trigger point was getting drunk. I think um, there was lots of, lots of things led to that point, but it was getting drunk and going, yeah, I'll do anything for you. And then she tweeted me in the morning and said, do you remember what you've signed up for? I'm like, oh shit, what, what? half marathon? I, I don't even run. I can't even run to the car. You're joking. What am I doing? And I was quite chunky at that time, I must admit. You know, I was probably three and a half, maybe four stone heavier back then. And that was about four years ago. Um, so it's been since then it's been an evolution. So I started running to raise awareness for a mental health charity. Um, and then because I got into it so much and really enjoyed it, I felt the benefits myself. It's, it's just become a huge part of my life now. It feels like the most natural thing to do. Yeah. When we're doing things that are unnatural now all day long, you know, we sit down all the time. We're not even built for sitting down, but we're built for running. You know, we, we are the we are the top of the food chain for a particular reason. Now, I don't eat meat, so I don't, if there's any vegans, vegetarians on the listening, please don't fall out with me. But we are the top of the food chain for a reason. We are naturally gifted at running and we can run better than any other creature out there. And when I'm running, as you were saying, you know, when you're pedaling or running up those hills, particularly, you know, northern England, the Pennines, it's one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I'll, I'll argue that point with anyone. It's it's fantastic. So I've then gone from doing it for other people for doing it for me. So it's it's kind of a selfish thing. So when I'm feeling good, then I'm on top form. That was a really long answer. I'm sorry if I've taken the whole pod. That's a good answer. I get it, though. I, so, I totally get it. I get it. I, I... I really do. I think it's, I think it's that balance, isn't it, of the mental and the physical state, like being younger and invincible, mm. and then maybe getting to our age and having to think, all right, what do I want to do now? You know, I'm currently here. What do I want to do? And and starting to think about, I've got to look after myself now. Look after myself more. I was chatting with Phil uh, briefly uh, before we jumped on, and I've literally time having some physio work done on my shoulder which I've left for months and months and months and months mm. and months. But now I've got to the point where I'm going, okay, maybe every now and again, you do need a bit of a helping hand to keep you doing what you need to do. Because previously mm. I'm like going, it'll reboot itself. It'll sort itself out, you know, the physical aspects of it. And it's like, not necessarily no. And that's the same with your mind, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, it's that balance and getting back into training. I, I remember, I remember why I did it. I remember the point mm. of what I did it. And, 
going, I need to sort this out. And I, I've got a mate that owns a gym and I rang him up at mm. the time and said, look, I, I'm, this is how I'm feeling. I, I, I was constantly angry, really angry, mm. you know. Uh, and he said, Wednesday night, come down, start boxing, boxing training sessions. And I'll be honest with you, I've never ever looked back. It's one of the best things I've ever done. Also, from a boxing perspective, as in training for it as well, one of the most humbling things I've ever done in my life because you, I've always, I'm, I'm not a small bloke, you know, and you always think you've got a bit of that presence. My God, I've sparred with lads that are probably a lot smaller than me. And my goodness me, the level of fitness that they've got. And it's everything from that boxing perspective, the fitness, the mental aspects, the thinking, everything that comes together. And at that point, that's, that was it for me then. I started mm. to, I was on that road. And when you start, when you start to little improvements, you start to think to yourself, I'll make other improvements elsewhere. So that might be drinking less, might be eating better. Because then you go, well, when I go back to, I can recover quicker. I go back to training. And I just hope that the thing in my, that I keep thinking about now, and again, it's a bit, might be a bit, you know, with, with a little bit of the physio and stuff like that, is going, I just hope I can keep going and keep going and keep mm. going. Because what happens if something packs in? Because this now is my thing. Mm. And I can't imagine not doing it. And I sort of worry sometimes that, well, if that stops, what's going to happen? Yeah. Am I going to yeah. go back? Am I just going to become what, what I used to be? And it, do, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, but it's good. I enjoy it. So why, why was it humbling to do boxing? Because it was really difficult, <laughs> really difficult. I was going into it. Uh, my body wasn't in the right place. My head wasn't in the right place. I was probably a stone and a half overweight, maybe, maybe more than that. I mean, mm. as a kid, I used to play a lot. I played a lot of rugby me when I was growing up, a lot of rugby. I used to train a lot. I used to circuit train a lot. So I used to mm. be super, super fit. The space that I was in, I was, I was so out of my depth going into that. And that level, that type of training is, is pretty full on. It was like, mm. you, you know, you're into it. And it was just really difficult, but I, I noticed, I started to feel like I was seeing gains quite quickly. And that's probably because of the graft, you know, from, from that side of it. But then going from the training to starting to spar and things like that, man alive. The appreciation of how fit mentally and physically some of these guys are mm. to be able to step in a ring and go toe to toe yeah. hitting each other for that amount of time over that periods of rounds, providing you don't get knocked out. My God. Yeah. I mean, I understand why some of these guys train all the time they do, mm. you know, the hours that they put in during the day and the weeks. But it becomes an addiction though, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it this does. is we've it got does. to be really yeah. careful on that. I know I know yeah. I know people who've who've lost marriages as as a result of that addiction, you know. Yeah. They've got to do so many the things at the yeah, yeah. at, at yeah. the expense of their family. Yeah. You know, at, at what point does does it become an addiction? Yeah. yeah. I think for me, like my wife Sophie again mentioned Soph, but she used to do um a discipline of karate called Kyokushin before I met her. Wow. And, you know, that was, as in what you described there, David, like, and you can imagine, so my wife is about five foot four, and like I say, she's thin as a rake, 
and she, you know, would get in a ring. And she ended up competing for England um, with it. And and she used to, she, she was in Leeds at the time. So she'd go, and like I said, I didn't know her at the time, but she'd go training and it would be just constantly, constantly training. And she'd go away to boot camps where they'd wake her up in three in the morning and then it'd be onto, onto the training. And, you know, and all the time she's running as well, you know, so she did get into this state of this is everything, you know, mm. she was holding down the job and all that kind of stuff, but it became everything for her. And I think that is the thing. It can become, because you see the gains, don't you? You see the benefits that you get in and, you, you know, but it becomes an addiction and that, that becomes self-perpetuating, really. Yeah. And that's... I, it's interesting because I would I would have been having a chat with with a new connection recently about this, um, particularly people who need structure, um, to to one extreme w with obsessive compulsive disorders, need that level of structure. So when I was saying you know about when I said to you, Dave, I'm going to be an athlete. It, it's that lifestyle. It's that I don't want to overthink things, and I get it. You know, from Sophie's perspective, is and and from yours as well, Dave, is that you when you see the gains and you're like, you're rubbing shoulders with people who are, you know, that little bit better than you, which is a really good thing to do. Yeah. And you start to compare with those people and it just becomes the norm then to, yeah. to, to do that all the time. Yeah. I think something you mentioned as well is that motivation, you know, we have that motivation and there's two ways to look at this now is like you're motivated to get away from something or go towards something. And that's, that's the crossroads for me. I was like, running away from my past yeah but the more i run yeah. the, the closer i am to my goals and i don't mean physical yeah. fitness goals it's just i'm getting closer to that lifestyle of what i would consider to be you know the ideal lifestyle for me so phil what we're going to sign you up for me well i need something because again about 12 months ago 12 months ago or so i was coming through stuff myself and you know getting out on longer runs and lots of long walks really sort of got me fit physically and mentally. And I think lockdown, I mean, I still go, I still go out five, five times a week. Um, but I'm just languishing at the minute. I'm like, I was saying to you guys, like the other week I was really chuffed with myself cause I'd done a couple of 10 Ks and that had been the first time I'd done that in, in a couple of months. And then now I'm back to, you know, 5Ks and, you know, and maybe a little bit more, like I say, at the weekend. And I, I do need some motivation to, 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 it's not, I don't need motivation to get out and run, mm. but I need motivation to get out and improve my run. Because at the minute, it's just me with my headphones on, you know, quite happy. Uh, but there's no one sort of telling me to go faster or go longer or any of those kind of things. Do you enjoy and that's, it? Yeah, 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 totally. I'll podcast on or, or tunes, especially if I'm going down the river or, as I said at the start, you know, just enjoying the, 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 the outside, you know. Um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Um, Good. There's the risk that you stop enjoying it, though. I think yeah. that's, that's the thing when, when we're running with others training with others is that you know he's like five years older than me he shouldn't be better than me on the hills you know and there's there's that and so if you're enjoy if you're not enjoying it you're doing yeah. it wrong i'll stand yeah. by that statement all day long so if you you know if you can do a couple of 10ks and you know you know in a week or something to me you're an athlete 
You know, and well, that, that's that's <laughs> true. But he's these he's those labels that I, I, I speak about a lot. True. Uh, you can be an amateur athlete, and yeah. an amateur athlete is just somebody who who is proficient at doing something, any kind of sport. So if you're proficient at running, you're an athlete. Part yeah. run is brilliant. I mean, part. I mean, the world needs part run to come back. It's just the best environment in the world at the moment. Again, mm. I like that point with anyone. Probably yeah. not a very good argument, but um, it's a proper equaliser. What I like about part run is that when you get you soon, as soon as you get home, or you get your email afterwards to tell you what your time is. It calls you an athlete. And if, if you do your 5K in 50 minutes or if you do it in 15 minutes, you're still an athlete. And I, I absolutely love that because, yeah. you know, we're not, pretty much nobody at Parkrun is going to compete in the Olympics or, or win medals or represent the country, but we're still athletes. And yeah. that's why I want to own that label athlete. Yeah. I guess it, I think you're right there in what you're saying. It, it, if it stresses you out, that's when it becomes an issue. So yeah. if you guys said to me, okay, do you want to go out on Wednesday night and run half a marathon? I'll come with you. Yeah. If you said, do you want to come out on Wednesday night and do this uh, half marathon race? I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Because the whole thing of it being an event and getting to it and yeah. everything before it, and I just, it, it, I'm just like, it stresses me Too out, much. which defeats yeah. the whole point of why I'm doing yeah. it. And, yeah, yeah. and, you know, I, I track my stuff on Strava, but I don't track my stuff on Strava for personal bests or anything like that. I just want to know how long have I been out for, where have I been, and what's the distance. Mm. But on the flip side, I'm probably now getting to a point where I'm thinking, I do want to push it a bit more and go up another level. So in order to do that, do I need to then start start to thinking about the type of stuff that you think, Andy, you know, from that. But, but then I'm thinking, the whole point of doing it is so I just go out and empty my head and get a bit yeah. better and do this. It goes back to what we, we spoke about a few times and it it's that balance, isn't it? And mm. and again, that addictive element of it because I do get upset with myself and a bit stressed if I don't do it. And when you're younger, you're probably yeah. only responsible for yourself. So you've got all that time. You put it, it's just you. You can do whatever you need to do. Your mum, and, your mum, will make, your mum and dad will make sure your food's on the table, whatever that is, your washing's done, it's just you. But then I guess at our age, we've got other responsibilities. And if you did go pro, then that's fine because you're pro, you're earning a living from it and you've got mm. a support network around you that sits with it. And that's why, just going back to when you said, Andy, you go, I want to be an athlete. I remember thinking, how's he going to do that? Because one, he's nearly 50. And two, and two, he's got all this other stuff going on in his life. Mm. How the hell is he going to do that? And I, remember, I genuinely remember thinking, Fair play, though, you know, yeah. you, why not? Why not? Because if you don't put some sort of man on the moon or some line up there to go, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. Even if you don't get there and you get halfway there, you're going to achieve a damn sight more mm. than you would have done if you hadn't have had that. And, and, the, and the other thing, it's like that, again, it's again another thing we've talked about, really. But, you know, you can go, oh, yeah, I've got loads on and he's got a really busy job. We're all doing stuff. But actually, in in making a bit of time to go out and get out there and, and just do it, you know, finish early at four if you're in a position to do that or what have you, getting out is the bit that resets your brain. You can yeah. sit looking at this bloody computer all day long and trying to grapple stuff through and work out shit. But actually, sometimes the answer evades you until you're like halfway down the street or the, the river or, you know, you're up a hill. 
and the clarity comes and that you you just totally need it it's like it's not it's not that's what i've come to realize is it's not just the physical benefits of getting out and getting uh, physically active it's the mental benefit and sometimes that just comes from being your brain as i think you mentioned before you know your brain just you know isn't doing anything so there's clarity because when you you know when those little ideas do come through they can be processed properly i guess and then you have these sort of light bulb moments where you go yeah i know what i'm gonna do with that thing tomorrow when i'm sat back at my computer but if you don't allow yourself that stuff you know you, there's no release yeah i think you're right because it's 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 a paradigm shift because you you disconnect from technology which yeah. is an argument in itself anyway but it gives you that chance to get out and reconnect with who you're actually meant to be. And I think yeah. that's the thing because we can't, we're not, we generally as a society, society now, we're not comfortable in our own space anymore. We have to be connected to something, whether it's social or work, or we have to be connected. We very yeah. rarely be, yeah. we touched on it in the last episode, we, we very rarely just be ourselves. And when you're yeah. out there on your own, in your own space, you just become yourself again. It's yeah. amazing. We talk about starts. You spoke about Strava, Dave. You know, you talked about being behind a laptop. I've got to do this. I want to give a big shout out to our listeners over in the US. We've got Indiana, Utah, Texas, Oregon, Ohio, New York, Colorado, <laughs> Western Australia now we've got as well. We're, we're in Spain and Switzerland as well. Talking Cod has gone truly international. It is so, slightly bon do you know what? It's, it is slightly bonkers <laughs> that when you look at that, even though it might be one person. <laughs> that's basically tra that's been Traveling able to around. travel <laughs> running across america <laughs> it was with me. us <laughs> yeah uh, i'm having it but it's great that yeah it is cool it is very cool it is very cool yeah good good did. good well done andy See bringing that in. yeah very held, good held it together there like glue <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking COD, please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout out to the guys at DapDip Productions, the folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at dapdip.co.uk. And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking COD. <laughs>